Hey guys, it's Talk Tennessee here, and today I am here to deliver you guys a US Open update. We are in the middle weekend at the moment, going into the second and last and final week of the US Open, the last Grand Slam of the year. Round of 16 is coming up, but we've got to talk about all the other rounds before we get to that so let's begin and let's get on to it make sure you grab your cuppers and a snack because there's got to be some juicy tea going down so let's get straight into it as you guys have probably seen on instagram if you're not following me at talk tennis tea get on that follow because i am posting some fire stories at the moment as i did during the week i posted a list handwritten list if you guys saw it tell me what you guys think do you want more of that stuff during the tournaments and grand slam seasons if so give me some feedback that would be great anyway the fallen list i called it and that was the i guess all the players who had lost in the first round the number of sets they played it was alarming um on the men's side Tsitsipas, as we know he had a straight loss lose to andre rublev Four sets lost to Andrei Rublev, which was kind of sad. Uh, Steph has not been in the right headspace. He, I watched some of the press. Com- I watched his press conference, and he said he's not inspired anymore. He feels like after Wimbledon, and after the f- uh, French Open loss to Stan Wawrinka, he just hasn't had it anymore. He just hasn't felt the love to play tennis, and he just hasn't felt the drive to play tennis. And I totally get that. Hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, and going into the Asian hard courts in the last couple of months, and as we prepare for the ATP World Tour Finals, Stefanos pulls it together because child, sweet child of mine, Steph, we need you out there. But to my surprise and to everyone else's surprise, Alexander Zverev was playing the same day that Stefanos did and Alexander is still in the tournament so a notable mention to him and we'll talk about that later but back to this fallen list. Um, surprising names on this list, we got Batista Agut who played a five-setter, Felix Agur Azilami, who we know played Denis Shapovalov, however this match I thought they played three sets. Felix did not get a wink in. I don't know if Felix was sick, if he just couldn't play against his best friend. They've played before multiple times, many times, and they've pretty they've played at the Grand Slam before as well. A repeat of maybe last year's US Open. I'm not quite sure which Grand Slam they have played, but they've played together in the first round before or at some stage. But Felix, he played well, but he it wasn't a proper fight. I thought this match would have gone to five sets. It did not. Felix obviously lost. Dennis is doing quite well. He's playing Monfils. As I record, they're going to a fifth set. So hopefully by the end of this match, I will have the results of that for you guys. But we will shall see because Monfils has been very much on fire this tournament and this whole year. I think it's Alina Svedlina. We just have to give her props for shaping up this man. But we always knew Monfils was a great tennis player anyway, so I feel like it's his time. Let him live. Next person is Theme, Dominic Theme. He played four sets. He gave his all and his best. He is doing insanely insane things, but he he has been sick for the longest time. He really has, and he hasn't. I don't think he played any lead-up tournaments to the U.S. Open, so it was understandable for his loss. I was a bit surprised. He did look all good. But you never know. Tsonga. Eh. 
uh, someone who did surprise me and someone who was pegged to go very far. Karen Kachanov, he played a five-setter in his first round match. Obviously didn't get the push to get over the line, but it was very... I thought it was very weird. I didn't think that he would have lost so toughly. I guess it was a tough match, so it wasn't that thing. It wasn't that... Um, it wasn't that surprising. Someone else who's been doing well, Fognini, has lost four sets. Um, a comeback, Jack Sock, he played in the first round match, didn't know why he was there, didn't know he was still in the top 100 or was still eligible to play. But he was there in the draw. He lost in straight sets. Um, not surprised, to be honest. Someone who I am surprised about and someone who is doing very well and is trying to get their name up into the draw is Nico Nicholas Jari from Chile. He lost in five sets, which was actually sad. He played so he played two great sets. He just couldn't get the third one. So that was heartbreaking to see. And also Huzak, who recently won a title in Winston Stalem. This going before the US Open started. So he was a champion already. You'd think he would have momentum. But he didn't, and he lost in another five-seat battle, which was tough. It's obviously hard to play five sets, but, you know, things happen for a reason. Anyway, moving on to the women's side, we had a surprising loss. When I saw this result and saw, I guess, the um, the way the match ended, I was kind of upset. Uh, Suarez Navarro had to retire. We know Suarez... Car- Carla Suarez, Carla Suarez Navarro is a great player. She's so good on the women's side. She does so well, but obviously she had an injury or something happened to her. And I wish her all the best of luck. Hopefully you get better soon, Carla, because we love you. And here on the Talk Tennis Tea family, you are a good player and we appreciate you. Uh, big names, Azarenka out in three sets to Sablinka, Sharapova out in two sets to Serena Williams. Uh, on the Sharapova match, we all know we saw that everyone didn't see the gifs. There was lots of memes on it. Sharapova was completely obliterated. Six one six one. Not surprised. Uh, I am surprised. I thought it would be a bit of a battle. I think everyone expected a bit of a battle, but Sharapova haven't hasn't played in a while, so I don't know why we're all so shocked. Um, Georgie Camilla Georgie, who played uh, Marisa Kari in the first round, I was shocked to see that she lost in two sets. It was a very convincing win for Maria. But I thought that it would go to three. I genuinely did think it would go to three. Another one, Caroline Garcia, lost in straight sense as well. I thought she would at least get through to the second, third round, fourth round kind of thing. She does do very well. Magarutha, Stevens, surprising losses in my opinion. Have they been doing well? Not so much. Is there a problem? Should we be concerned? Yes. Anyway, now on to the actual things that I want to talk about. That was the round one losses and going further into the tournament, I guess there was a lot of things. However, the big problem or the big news of the day has, of the news of the week, has been pretty much Nick Kyrgios. Nick Kyrgios, as we know, he played in Cincinnati. He had a interesting, to say the least, tournament over there where he was fined... 11 sorry he was fined 117,000 US dollars for basically misbehavior on the court 
I was reading an article and I was informed that apparently there is a the ATP Council, whoever, the tennis federation, I do not know. They are considering banning him for three years. A three-year ban. Now, in some sports, this is extreme. This is longer than doping bans. People are banned for doping for maybe one year, depending on the punishment. This, I mean, the severity of the doping. Some people are banned for, you know, a year and a half. Three years, however... I don't think that's fair. And he hasn't been banned, but they're alleging this could be the ban. They want to make... I feel like if they're going to do this, if it does happen, they will make an example of him. They will make an example of Nick Kyrgios because people have had enough. And I totally understand the fact that people have had enough. Press, the press has had enough. The ATP has had enough of him making fun of, I guess, the institution, whatever they're assuming that he's making fun of. But then there's also the other fact that I don't think punishing someone for speaking the truth and actually highlighting the fact that potentially the ATP is corrupt. And you guys know this. I have... I have said this sometimes. Me and Nick have a love-hate relationship. I do not particularly like the ATP. However, comma, it's not to say that banning Nick is a bad idea. Finding yes, because other players... But then I'm also thinking... Hold on. We're just going to brainstorm out loud here. I have not seen the likes of Fabio Fognini... Benoit Peer, other names who make big outbursts be fined the way or made an example of the way that Kyrgios does. If you guys know any other players who have been fined or who are talked about in the same glances or in the same ways that Kyrgios is, please let me know. Please do comment on this. But I don't think it's fair. And Kyrgios... Uh, in a press conference called the ATP pretty corrupt um, I don't think they're corrupt but I did a podcast if you guys haven't listened to it earlier on in the year about Australian tennis and that whole thing and money hungry people and all that toxicness in this sport and the ATP World Cup and all that kind of stuff and I kind of, from that stance, I can kind of see where Nick Kyrgios is coming from. He also called out double standards. On Twitter, we saw him post a long essay explaining himself and what he was saying in this press conference relatively. But I think the big thing is, going back to the US Open and the reason of this entire podcast and update is the just do you and I think this was really smart however Nick I even I know there's a rule on personal branding and all that kind of stuff whilst you're on the court I have I think from a young I can't remember who it was what when I saw it but I remember from a young age watching tennis and I think it was maybe a woman's player having to cover up one of the logos on her shirt or something along those lines just little things like that and I'm like yes like I I get it's not fair because yeah if it's your 
if it's your brand or whatever that's fine not i wouldn't say if it's your brand but if it's like a slogan or whatever or if something that's inappropriate or if it's something that doesn't align with the, if it's a competitor of one of the sponsors i guess of the tournament then that's all good However, if you're trying to bring out a message, I don't think the match is the right time to do it. I think there's other places to do it. Obviously, a match is a good time to do it. And I thought what he did was pretty smart and I thought it was pretty funny. However, I just... It's... uh, I don't know. I agree in some cases in what the umpire was saying. But Nick is a bit dumb because everyone knows that rule. Everyone subscribes to that rule. And I think he just needs to find another way. Like, if that... If his outfit was merchandise so many people would buy it i would buy it i would go out and buy the just do you popped collar shit i would buy heaps of them because i think it's it's smart and it's iconic however nick you know and it was funny i was having a debate with someone else about this and it's like people are just done with his behavior and i i understand that i genuinely do sometimes i'm done with his behavior as well but i think Nick and it's sad to actually see he was playing as when I started this podcast he was fin- he was playing his third round match he's lost to Andre Rublev three straight three sets two tiebreakers in the first two sets and six three in the final set oh this is I think it's a tough loss for him this is going to be hard because he had the clean side of the draw with Stefanos and Dominic Thiem out everyone was like Nick Kyrgios will make it to the semi-finals Nick Kyrgios Medvedev final that was the prediction going past everyone's first round second round losses now Nick Kyrgios is out Rublev has a clear path to go through but Rublev might have to meet other people anyway moving on from Nick and his scandalous behaviors what do you guys think on that? I think it's tough. Everyone has an opinion on the Nick Kyrgios situation. Some people think he's good for the sport. Other people don't think he's good for the sport. I don't know. Is it worth... Is he doing the right thing by calling out the ATP and making people aware of the actual shady dealings that are going on? I don't know. I I don't know. Anyway, we'll see. Update, as I was talking about Denis Shapovalov and Gael Monfils' match, Gael Monfils won in the five sets, the final set being 6-3. So that's very interesting to see. Monfils is definitely on fire. They played five sets. Denis is probably going to be knackered, but he gave it a a good try. They played three tiebreakers, so that's pretty, it was a pretty intense match. Okay, moving on to i guess the star of the tournament on the women's side taylor townsend has been incredible if you guys don't know taylor townsend started her career off ages ago she is a very good tennis player and she's had a bit i guess she's had it a bit tough she disappeared for a while then she came back and now she's at it trying to make her mark again she in this tournament she came from the qualifying she played qualifying rounds then in her second round match she met Simona Halep anyone would have I think people writted her off people were not really like ah she's not gonna do well she'll maybe it'll be tough for Simona but they've played against each other Simona won convincingly I don't think Taylor's gonna do anything to harm Simona people I had Simona in my head I don't think I shared this on my draw reaction podcast but in my head Simona was gonna do very well in the tournament but um obviously she hasn't now because she's out and taylor won in three sets and it was a good match she fought hard for that win and it showed in her round three match she played another romanian christia 
and she won in two sets very convincingly Taylor is she's back she's also playing doubles but they've lost she's ranked 116 in the world you know I feel like this is her time and she's shining and she's just taking her moment she's doing everything she can and that's what I love to see as well as Coco Goff who played Naomi Osaka but sadly lost in two sets but it's just so good to see these girls rising up and it's not just the same names and I do not follow tennis enough like I don't follow women's tennis enough to be like committed to you guys know what I mean like I I don't know what it is about the women's tennis but when it's grand slam time I'm all in that's the one that I'm like focused on the most but when it comes to normal watching I think it's the fact that the WTA WTA doesn't have any like there's no streaming service for them we can't watch them the matches I don't know I don't know what it is about it but I just don't find the fire and the intensity like I follow the players definitely and I'll check up on them and I'll see what they're doing and all that kind of stuff but to physically go on and watch the matches and sit down I don't know it's hard for me but you know what? I'm all for Taylor doing this. Good job, Taylor. Good luck. I will be rooting for you all the way. Now to the notable matches of notable mentions, I should say, of the tournament so far. Alexander Zverev, as I mentioned earlier, he has made a Twitter. He has signed with teammate management, as we know that's Roger Federer is associated with them and potentially had a hand in getting him this deal. He's made it into his first round of 16 at the US Open. Congratulations to Zverev. As we know, he gets a lot of slack for not getting so far into the Grand Slams and not getting, being able to get into second weeks of Grand Slams consistently for the type of player he is, for the ranking that he has. But congratulations to Zverev for doing that. He bet a Benedine who... And they played four sets, so that was very good. And people thought it was going to go either way because they played three tiebreakers. So it could have gone either way. Coco Goff, as I said, she played some amazing matches. She has a good heart. For a 15-year-old, she's doing so well. And everyone can learn from her spirit and heart. And um, if you guys didn't see, before I up, before I actually sat down and started recording this, her match with Naomi finished and they were coming up with like videos and stuff in the match and I didn't watch the full match but I did see some of the highlights and it was the end of the match Coco was very upset she didn't want to stay for the end of court interview she was crying Naomi went over and comforted her and basically told her you are good like you've got this you know you're gonna get more and all that and I thought that was a great big mom big sister moment no we don't see that a lot on the tour because it's so competitive but you know you know, you got to fight, but you also have, there's a time and a place for the fights. So when you can be friends with one another, I think it's good. And it's just lovely that that can happen. And, you know, it was a very sweet moment. And congrats to Naomi. She's doing very well. I'm very proud of her. Other person we got to mention is Venus Williams. Venus, I watched this match and I was shocked. I have never seen Venus play so well this year. She played insanely well. She played Alina Svitolina in her round two match and she saved five match points after getting to three love in like three, like a very short amount of time. She was just on fire and she, she ended up losing the match but it was just good and I saw some of the reports about it 
and afterwards and Alina Svedlina was like this was such a great match like it was so good and everyone was just praising Venus because she played so well and both of them did very well like Alina to come back mentally from being three love down and then to come back and win the set but to lose those five match points absolutely insane speaking as we go into the round of 16 I've got some matches that should not be missed because I feel like whoever wins them could win the tournament at the end of the day so let's get straight into that starting with the women we've got uh three matches here for you guys uh Naomi Osaka versus Belinda Bencic Taylor Townsend versus Bianca Andrescu the young Canadian who was I feel like she's flying under the radar because she hasn't won bet any big names but this match is probably the one if either one of them win I think they would make the final whoever wins this match will probably make the final that's my prediction and then there is Fidelina versus Keys Madison Keys versus Alina Fidelina yeah that's gonna be a big one that's that's gonna be a big one too Next, in the men's side, Djokovic versus Wawinka. They've played multiple times together. Stan is absolutely on fire. Djokovic's shoulder is looking a bit shaky. It could be anyone's best bet. Dimitrov versus Demonor. Dimitrov is on the comeback trail. He's been doing very well. Alex Demonor is hot fire at the moment. So that's going to be a tough match. And then we've got Nadal and Chilich. Chilich is a former US Open champion. Nadal is also a former US Open champion. Nadal hasn't really been tested. He had a walkover in round two because the Nasi Okanakis pulled out. Sadly. And let's not go into that. You guys know my heartbreak with the Nasi and his injuries. It's so upsetting. But it is what it is. And Nadal hasn't he's one straight set so it's going to be interesting to see that Chilich is coming off playing a lot of matches he played a four setter against Isna so it's going to be interesting to see what happens but yeah I'm excited for this next week coming up guys it's going to be so good so many great matches to see and it's just going to be so much fun as we get into the nitty-gritty of the tournament hopefully no disasters and no outbursts to come but it's going to be very interesting to see what happens that's all I have for you guys. I hope you guys enjoyed the cuppa. I hope you guys enjoyed the tea. And I will catch you on the next one.